for Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose. I'm Ken Beaulieu. For more than 200 years, Boston-based Eastern Bank has built a legacy of investing in the communities they serve, whether through empowering women, helping veterans and immigrants, or improving financial literacy. The largest mutual bank in the country has long placed purpose at the heart of its business. That commitment has fueled strong growth and deeper connections with its employees, customers, and community leaders. My guest today is Paul Alexander, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Eastern Bank. He joins me to discuss how purpose drives the brand, the company's commitment to giving back, its spirit of volunteerism, and more. Paul, welcome to Beyond Profit. Thanks, Ken. It's great to be here. I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am to talk to you today because Eastern Bank, when you look at companies overall, is the epitome of being a purposeful brand. So thank you for joining me. Oh, no, they're very kind. Thank you. So Eastern Bank's purpose is to, quote, unquote, do good things to help people prosper. And the bank has never wavered from that commitment going all the way back to your founding in 1818. Can you just talk a little bit about the importance of staying true to your purpose through good times and bad? Sure. And I think that one piece of the history that you may not know is when Eastern opened, our first customer was a woman. Her name was Rebecca Sutton. She was a widow. And at that point, uh, women could not open a bank account on their own. But uh, Eastern Bank allowed women through their attorneys or representatives to open up bank accounts for them. So on April 15, 1818, there were 37 accounts open and 29 of those accounts were open for women. So I say that because Eastern's commitment to social justice and to equality really started with that first customer. 200 plus years ago. And so I think that's what's helped us maintain it in good times and bad. It's been part of the DNA of this company for all those years through acquisitions, through starting off at the North Shore and expanding into Boston and into New Hampshire. It's the employees, it's my colleagues that really make the purpose come alive and who maintain it day in and day out. Well, speaking of that, as you know, purpose isn't just a bold statement. It's something that has to drive the entire business operation. So how do you keep purpose top of mind with every business decision, within every business function? And what role does your team play in activating purpose? Well, I think the success of this starts with a board that believes in this. Our lead director is Deborah Jackson. She happens to be an African-American woman. So we're one of the 4% of companies who have an African-American woman as the head of their board. And so the board is diverse. The board gets it. They support it. And Bob Rivers, my boss, who's the CEO, it's part of his fundamental set of beliefs that purpose is important and that businesses should have a purpose beyond just making money, that uh, they have a responsibility to help uh, not just uh, customers, but also our coworkers as well as the community. So that's really what makes it work is that support all the way from the most, the highest level of the company, the board, to the CEO and the management team and then it flows through to the employees. If you could just elaborate a bit on you know, the diversity of the board, I mean, is that an anomaly in the industry? It is. We have about, we have a board of directors, a board of trustees, and, uh, and a board of, uh, of corporators. And I think, go back to my numbers, but literally 50% of our board are either female, people of color, or 
members of the LGBTQ plus community. So yes, we, we are an anomaly. We're not perfect. A quarter of our board of directors uh, are women. We'd like that to be 50%. But as a total board, we are quite diverse. And I think, uh, you know, as diverse as any board in the country. So I mentioned at the top that your bank powers women, that helps veterans and immigrants and so much more. Can you just talk about that commitment to giving back in the intrinsic benefits that the bank receives from those efforts? Absolutely. So if you look at our advertising, our highest scoring when we tested it, our highest performing commercial talks about our philanthropic efforts. We give 10% of our net income to nonprofit, 10%. And we've been doing that since 1999. So over $140 million to during that time period, which is unheard of. And then on top of that, we give that 10% to over 1,500 organizations every year. So whereas a number of companies give large amounts in very specific areas, we give smaller amounts to a wide spectrum of nonprofit. And so that really is what why people in the community believe in Eastern Bank, because we've been doing it for, you know, 20 plus years. And for smaller nonprofits, you know, $3,500, $10,000 is meaningful. And so when you when you ladder on to that, that our employees volunteer 50,000 hours, over 50,000 hours every year, which is, you know, multiples of what any other company does in New England, it's a pretty powerful combination. And it helps us stand out in the marketplace because we give specifics. 10% of our net income, 50,000 hours, 1,500 organizations that we touch. I think that really has helped us beyond the generic, you know, we volunteer, we give, we believe in the community. And I'm assuming, Paul, that that's a big part, that plays a big part of your campaigns as well, making making light of that. No, and that's why, I mean, the purpose statement is, as you stated, do good things to help people prosper, but our selling line is join us for good. So join us for good in your community, join us for good as an employee, you know, join us for good as a customer. So your bank has been particularly focused on improving economic inclusion and mobility in underserved communities. Can you just talk about what services and support the bank provides to foster inclusion? About three years ago, you, I think you'll uh, appreciate this, about three years ago, we started a separate foundation called the Foundation for Business Equity. And the point is, is that the, the wealth gap is extreme in Boston. The average net worth of a Caucasian family in Boston is about $240,000. This study noted that the average net worth for an African-American family is $8. So unbelievable. So what we've done is created this foundation and the Foundation for Business Equity's purpose is really to help scale Black and Latinx businesses. So we brought in to date 40 businesses and given them, a, you know, provided a strategic advisor for them to help them turbocharge their strategy. But not only that, we've provided patient capital uh, through the Boston Foundation so that when they do write their strategy, there's available capital to help them grow and scale. And then the third piece of this puzzle is what we call pace setters where we have recruited other companies that are ready to buy these Black and Latin, Latinx businesses services once they go through the process. So beyond the philanthropic giving to nonprofits, we're trying to address what we think is a fundamental 
part of, of fixing the wealth gap, which is helping businesses grow. And uh, we've been really thrilled with the result from the Foundation for Business Equity. The companies that are coming through are creating jobs, you know, helping build wealth for those individuals and encouraging others to participate in the program. What have these efforts meant to the communities that you serve? I mean, what kind of a reaction are you getting from this kind of work? The reaction we're getting is that we're finally walking the walk, whereas a lot of efforts have been well intended, don't get me wrong, but but maybe either more talk than action or the action has been in one of those buckets. So, you know, there's training to provide a business plan, but then no capital to help the company scale after that. Or maybe there's capital to scale, but there's no demand on the other side for their services once they're ready to grow. So we hope that this ecosystem makes this unique and something that other cities will will try to emulate. Another way that you're strengthening your communities is through volunteerism, which I mentioned earlier. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, some some of the ways that your employees are donating their time and talent? Of course. Yes. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we collectively uh, volunteer over 50,000 hours uh, each year and uh, it's it's across a number of things. So employees are encouraged to volunteer. They're actually given a full day of the year to engage in volunteerism. We also have two-month volunteer program in September, October, sometimes October, November, when we encourage, where we provide volunteer opportunities for our employees. And as I said before, it's sort of naturally in Eastern Bankers' DNA to volunteer in their communities. So the combination of those things really helps helps us encourage people, and then they take the ball and run with it. And I would assume that through these efforts, I mean, it, it must have sort of a carryover effect throughout the organization. Well, absolutely. I mean, I'll give you an example. So I'm the executive sponsor of the LBG, LGBTQ plus uh, employee network, right? And so we were one of the first companies to support the Boston Pride Parade 50 years ago. And we also support the North Shore Pride and five other Pride Parade throughout the Commonwealth. So so we're out there visibly, our senior management is out there visibly. And so when people see that, they believe that, that the bank that merged with Wainwright Bank 10 years ago, and Wainwright Bank was the gay bank in Boston, that we are continuing the spirit of that organization. We're not giving it the Heisman. We're embracing our LGBTQ brothers and sisters and trans fully. The thing that encouraged me to join Eastern was when I found out that there were three companies that lobbied on Beacon Hill for support of the transgender right legislation in Massachusetts five years ago. One of them was Google, the second was Harvard Pilgrim, and the third was Eastern Bank. So you think about organizations that not only volunteer, not only support financially, but also lobby for legislation that is not universally popular. That's pretty unique, not just for a bank, but for a company. That's why I think Eastern is, is pretty unique. And I'm sure that's just the essence of being a purposeful brand, right? No, it, it is. Absolutely is. Because, you know, one of our benefits is we want people, if they choose to do business with us, to feel like they're part of a movement. Movement to do important things in the community and in the Commonwealth and in their towns and city. But, you know, you've got to walk the walk. You can't just write a check. You can't just go to a gala. You know, you have to participate in events, hire individuals into your company, weigh in on legislation and via PR on issues that are important. That's when people see that, you know, you are walking the walk and that you're in it for the long run. You mentioned earlier your support of nonprofits, and I'd love to hear more about the value of those partnerships 
partnerships and how you've made them work. And are we talking about a limited number of nonprofits, or do you try to each year work with you know a, a larger group? No, we give to over 1,500 nonprofits every year. And then in addition to that, we always have a targeted grant category where we t- where we focus on a particular area of importance where we think a larger contribution can make a bigger difference. So we supported handgun violence, immigration reform, advancing women, stopping you know handgun violence, and our latest is enriching early childhood development because we know that a child development in the ages from zero to three is critical to success. And we think there are some efforts in the greater Boston area that can really make that happen. Are there any best practices, one or two best practices that you can share in terms of you know brands working with nonprofits? We do an annual event called the Celebration of Social Justice. And it's unique in that we invite 1,000 to 1,200 of our nonprofit partners to come together to praise and grace and to hear a speaker, but more importantly, to celebrate the work they're doing because, you know, these folks often feel like they're on their own little island. And it's really great to come together with a thousand of your compatriots and be recognized and and encouraged for the work that you do. So we think that's a best practice. We also replicate that in our seven sales areas. So we do seven community advocacy award events where, again, we honor a leading light in the community for the contributions they are making. And and those things really do provide some wind beneath the wings for these uh, nonprofit organizations. So let's just talk a little bit more about that, the fact that you're celebrating the great work of community leaders through various award programs that you have. Is this the type of thing that you feel would, you know, separates Eastern Bank from competitors? I do because we're a mutual bank and so I think we can support the community in a long-term way that might be tougher if we were a publicly traded company. Publicly traded companies don't give 10% of their net income to nonprofits. So I, I do think it differentiates us. We're in a market with some very large competitors, Bank of America, Santander, Chase, TD Bank. And so we may not be the largest bank in terms of share, but we certainly are one of the most well-known because we have a distinct positioning. I just have to ask, I'm assuming all this that you're doing around, you know, your purposeful efforts is having, has a direct correlation to growth at Eastern Bank. We just, uh, in 2019, we just celebrated our third year of record net income. And, you know, while it's hard to prove causality (laughs) for, for anything with, uh, with your overall results, we think there is a strong correlation between the launch of this campaign three years ago and the the company's success. So Paul, you've been with Eastern Bank since 2015, I believe. Have the efforts of the bank made you more purposeful in your professional life? I don't know if it's made me more purposeful. I think it's allowed me to bring more of my whole self to my work. I worship at Myrtle Baptist uh, church. I'm involved in a number of things in the community, and it's reinforcing that the things we do at Eastern Bank are congruent with other parts of my life. You know, I wouldn't be doing this if I was at Citizens or Santander or, or B of A. It really is. It draws people to the organization, whether it's partners like uh, David Ortiz or Ali Raisman or employees who say, yes, I believe in what you are doing. It really, it's a magnet for employee engagement. And I would assume employee retention
attention as well. Absolutely. I mean, we ask people every year two questions. Are you proud? Does the campaign make you proud to be an Eastern employee? And second, is the campaign consistent with your experience as at the bank? And over 80% of our employees said that the campaign makes them proud to be an Eastern employee. And over 75% said it's consistent with their experience at the bank, which is phenomenal. That's amazing. Congratulations. That, that really is a terrific stat. Thanks. Lastly, Paul, do you have any advice for companies that are just starting their purpose journey? I do because I've worked at public and private company. And I think it really does start with the CEO and the board. The CEO and the board really have to endorse it or else as a whoever's the leader of the effort, whether it's the CMO or the chief diversity officer, you risk being on an island and your words don't match your action. So I think if, if you have board and CEO support, then you've got a fighting chance of sustaining your purpose because it takes time. It's not a one-shot deal. We're in year four of this, and you know I'm hopeful that this campaign is at least 10 years old because I think that will be the true test of this purpose statement and the fact that it drives business results. So I think that you need support at the top and you need specific measurements on what constitutes success. We look at brand tracker met- metrics. We look at employee engagement metrics like the ones I just shared, and we look at our product campaigns to see if they are succeeding given the halo they would get from the overall campaign. Do you feel the measurement piece still has a way to go at this point? I do because I think certainly with product results, there are so many things that can impact that. It's very hard to suss out single variable, the impact of the campaign. But I can say we do commercial loan and our commercial team often tells me, you know, Eastern's on the map now. I don't have to explain to prospects or existing customers who we are. The campaign has done that, and I appreciate that. So certainly on the commercial side of the business, anecdotally, it's working. On the retail side of the business, that's where it is It is challenging, and we're getting better and better in terms of determining the impact of the campaign on our product results. Well, Paul, I can't thank you enough for joining me today on Beyond Profit. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's great to talk to you. Until next time, thanks for listening.